0: Hello and welcome to the Self Project Podcast. I'm your host Christy Martin and I'm a life mindset and human design mentor who is all about helping you heal and rediscover your authentic self so you can go out and do some really epic stuff. So this podcast is going to be all about spirituality, self-empowerment, self-discovery, wellness, healing, parenting, sobriety, mental health, you name it, we're going to talk about it. This is all about helping you along in your own self project journey. So go ahead and let's sit back and dive right in. I want to welcome to the show today, Lisa Domino-White. And Lisa has over 20 years of experience in marketing, communications, and event management. And now she gets to focus on her passion, which is inspiring others to actively seek out and create more joy for themselves, their communities, and all of humankind. Which I love that because when we work on ourselves and finding our own joy and doing the inner work, it just automatically seeps out of us into everybody around us. She's also an author, a motivational speaker and a joy coach. So I just want to say, Lisa, thank you so, so much for being here today, for giving your time to come and share with us and tell your story and talk to us. And if you did not mind, I'm going to turn it over to you and let you kind of introduce yourself. Just tell us more about you and more of your story.
1: Well, Christy, thank you so much. I am so excited to be here. It's bringing me a lot of joy to talk to you and your listeners and to share my message. And it really is all about joy, seeking it, creating it, and spreading it because we are pretty darn awesome individuals. And I feel like too often we don't acknowledge our greatness. And I am on a mission to change that, reminding people of their joy and to go find it wherever they can. So thanks for the great introduction. Yeah, I am, um, you know, I My story starts from when I was a kid, Um, always been happy, always been optimistic, always been positive, but I've always been anxious as well. Um, From a young age, I can remember being six years old and seeing my dad changing a watch battery at the kitchen table. And you know, those little things are small, those circular small batteries. And I got freaked out. I thought my mind started racing. I thought, what if He leaves it on the table by accident. And what if it gets mixed in with the food at dinner tonight? And what if somebody swallows it? And it would go so far as my throat would actually start burning to think that maybe somehow I swallowed it while I could still see it on the table. So I was a very anxious little girl and my poor parents struggled. Obviously, they didn't want me to be so nervous and scared all the time, but their words didn't help don't worry, everything's fine. Well, I didn't believe that. And I was very anxious. Got some help. But all my life have struggled with anxiety. If I'm not careful, that's where my initial response goes. That fear, the what if mentality, something bad could happen. So when I got married, when I got pregnant with my first child 12 years ago, all of those things spike my anxiety. Normally, I'm okay. I've got my Tools and my coping strategies, but I'm very aware that when I go through something stressful, that's where my mind reverts back to. And the turning point for me was COVID, because if you have somebody who's a germaphobe and you tell them that there are germs out there that could kill you and you need to wash your hands more, we in the germaphobe community say, okay. And we double down on washing our hands until they're bloody. And it's a horrible, horrible cycle, because we can't get that fear out of our minds. And with OCD, it's really all about trying to eliminate risk. I don't like risk. I don't. I wouldn't fly for years because there was a 0.001% chance that something could happen. Someone would tell me, why are you afraid? There's a 0.001% chance. And my retort would be, ha, see, you proved my point. There's a chance, just like dumb and dumber. So you're saying there's a chance. And that's where my mind would go. I believed that if there was that tiny chance of something happening, it would happen to me. And that's why my OCD was so strong because if I were to touch something that I felt could potentially be contaminated on my hands, I would have to immediately wash them. There was no getting around it, it had to be done. And so when COVID hit, my immediate feeling was, we're locking this down. My kids, my husband, me, we're not going anywhere. We're not doing anything until this is no longer a threat. And I did that for about three and a half, four months in the spring. It was awful. And I started seeing the toll it was taking on my kids. And so I I had to, I had to figure something else out. My, my parents came over for a socially distanced visit on the porch in the back. We sat 10 feet apart because of six is recommended, 10 is better. And my poor dad had to use the restroom. I told him you can't use the bathroom. What are you crazy? We got COVID going on here. You can't come inside. He couldn't believe it. He left. I cried because I realized I can't keep doing this. We just we cannot keep doing this. So I was able to reach back out to my therapist, get some tools and realize that living in a risk-free world, COVID or not, is impossible. There's always a level of risk, even if we don't think there is. Pre-COVID, going to Target, which I did all the time, was risky. I could have gotten into an accident on the way home. I could have, you know, who knows what I could have done, but I don't think of that. And so she's helped me get comfortable being uncomfortable, and that's been
0: life-changing. It's incredible. Thank you for sharing that with us. While you're speaking, um, I'm resonating because my youngest son that we were talking about before him and his red slushy, um, he's he reminds me so much of like your responses, like, um, as far as planes, he's like, I never want to get on a plane that could crash. And you know, my other, my other boys will tell him, you have a higher chance of dying in like a car crash. And he's like, I don't care. I'm not getting on it because you'll die. If you, I might survive a car crash. I wouldn't. an airplane
1: crash." That was my argument verbatim. verbatim. And and you're right. It, it's, it's that mindset of, of, um, in fact, my 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 therapist told me, she said, well, you're, she said, you're a little narcissistic, aren't you? And I said, what do you mean? She said, why do you think you're so special that with such a low percent chance of that happening, why do you think you're so special that it'll happen to you? Wow. 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 I mean, that resonated so deeply in my core, but it all really comes down to understanding the difference between possible and probable. And that's what I've really had to work hard to understand. They're not the same thing. Probability and possibility are not the same. That's taken me a lifetime to learn. And I still have to remind myself of it. But the narcissism really got me in my core. Cause you know, you think narcissistic, I, I'm the farthest thing away from a narcissist. I'm a pretty cool, kind, generous person, but she was right. Why do I think that I am so
0: special that that's going to happen to me?
1: And mic dropped, I was like, okay, I, I see your point.
0: I love that. I love that. I had somebody say something similar to me one time. I s- several years back, went to rehab for um, alcohol addiction. And I was just not wanting to stay. And it was like, I'm leaving. I have to go home. I can't spend 30 days away from my family. Like my kids can't eat McDonald's for 30 days because my husband doesn't know how to cook. And it was just on and on and on. And my counselor finally told me, she goes, do you think that the world revolves around you? And I'm like, well, no, of course not. And she's like, then they're going to be fine. Like their world doesn't revolve around you. Like it's great that you're there and you feed them, but like they're, they're going to be fine. And it was a similar mic drop moment for me that it was like, yeah, they are going to keep on going without me. And yeah. So what if they do eat McDonald's and pizza for 30 days straight? Like, so I, I, I I like that, um, you know, both of those are similar moments of, like you said, like the narcissist, do you think that you're so special that it like life's not going to go on or, you know, somebody else isn't going to get struck by lightning.
1: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You know, so one of the things that I love sharing with people um, when COVID hit, um, you know, as I said, I locked, I locked everything down. We were not. Interacting with anyone, doing anything, going anywhere. And a couple of my friends really struggled to understand. They're like, What's going on? Why are you freaking out? What, what's happening? It occurred to me I had never let any of them in on my challenges and my struggles. They couldn't understand because I never let them see my, my issues. And they said, I don't understand. You're, you're, a volunteer. You're president of the PTA. You've got your own company. You've got a great family. Why are you, why are you responding this way? And it occurred to me that I needed to start sharing my story because all they see is what I'm giving them to see. I have struggles, just like everybody else has struggles. They may not be the same struggles, but all they see me, all they see is me as this joyful, happy, together person. And I am all of those things, but I'm also these other things. And so it dawned on me that by sharing my struggles and still being this happy, positive person reminds them that A, everybody has something and B, that no matter what struggles they have, they can be positive and optimistic and joyful too. It's been life-changing.
0: That's a wonderful message. And I I love that you share that with us. So what are some of the things that you... um, Because obviously this isn't, I like to always say it's not like you like conquer something like with anxiety or OCD or like in my case, I have like ADHD. We learn how to cope with it. We have tools that we, we learn skills, we do all this, but it's like It's always going to be something that we are dealing with that we, that was going to pop up, that it's like, because it's just kind of like a cycle, you know, a roller coaster. (laughs) There you go. We're going to be up. We're going to be down. Things are going to pop up for us. So do you mind just kind of sharing what are some of the tools that you use, some of your favorite ones that, you know, have really helped you a lot?
1: Absolutely. The biggest one is to manage my expectations. Christy, I don't strive to be fearless because if I strived to have the goal of being fearless, I would fail miserably. Instead, I try to fear less. That's my goal. If I can fear less, I'm winning the game. And I think that that's where some of us get tripped up. We see it as an all or nothing. I need to be healthy, 100% healthy, like physically, you know, only eat nutritious food. Okay, what about being healthy Err fit-er. It's not all or nothing. And I, I feel like if I strived to never feel the fear again, that's ridiculous. It's not how I'm wired. And so that there has been a huge realization for me, managing those expectations. And also, again, being comfortable being uncomfortable. I can function right now. I mean, I still have anxiety when my kid goes outside to play with his friends outside. He's still safe. Where's the mask? We still practice social distancing and washing his hands. Would I prefer he stay indoors for the next however long until I'm vaccinated and the family's vaccinated? Heck yeah. But for his mental well-being and for his health, I can't do that. So I have to accept that I am uncomfortable. I'm not happy that he's going out. But I know in my soul that it's important and that's the right decision. Accepting that little bit of calculated risk to give him the opportunity to be healthy mentally is important. And so accepting, if I wanted to only do it when I was comfortable, he would never go out until this was over. So just saying, yeah, I'm uncomfortable and it sucks. It sucks. But I make the choice to be okay with that. You know, everybody likes a good acronym. Now, I came up with an acronym that I would love to share with your listeners because I think it's the perfect way to explain everything I'm talking about. So to have happiness in our lives, we have to care, C-A-R-E. When we look at our perceived shortcomings, we start with the C. What are the things about you that you have to change? C stands for change. So for me, that fear, that issue I had when my parents left, and I started crying because I couldn't let my dad go to the bathroom. That was a moment for me that I realized I had to change how I was handling this issue, this feeling, because we weren't living, we were surviving. And it was, it was a horrible, horrible time. That was something I had to actively change. So I put it into my change category. Let's come up with a plan. Let's look for resources. Let's figure this out. I don't expect to make it perfect, I can't expect to change it completely. I can improve it, and that's what I needed to do. So that's how you look at change. Now you compare that with the A, which is accept. What shortcomings about you are not keeping you from living your best life? I mean, I could think of a lot of them. Right now, my fitness not so great. Um, I'm a terrible cook. I'm impatient. But the question to ask is, are those things keeping me from living the best life I can, from experiencing the joy and the happiness that I know I can be? No, none of those right now are keeping me from being the best me I can be. So they stay in the accept category. What that means is there is no guilt, there is no shame, there is no feelings of failure around these things. The trick is to Constantly ask ourselves, check in once a week, once a month, anything in this accept category that needs to go into my change category. So maybe next month I'll finally feel ready to recommit to a physical activity program. You know what? It's time. I feel like I I need to incorporate more activity and exercise. Then it gets moved to the change category and we develop a plan and get going. But until I am ready, to move it to that category, it's firmly in the accept category. And when I make a dinner that nobody likes to eat because I'm a terrible cook, I'm okay with that. This is what you get. I am who I am. It's not something I'm actively working on. And so the key to analyzing and determining where things go just requires a little bit of reflection. And, and, you know, the idea too is we can't be perfect at everything. We're always gonna have shortcomings. And the key is to know where those shortcomings belong. We only have a finite amount of resources, time, energy. If we try to fix everything, we will never fix anything.
0: And you know, some of those things don't necessarily need to be fixed about us either, you know? So you like you said, I love that you're like, I'm a terrible cook, it's in my accept category, it is what it is, you know? I.
1: And it's not moving. It's going to probably be there for the rest of my life because I don't care. I don't get joy from it. I don't enjoy cooking. And, you know, it's not necessary. It's not this. If I don't enjoy it and it doesn't have to be, you know, I have another saying, sometimes good enough really is good enough. And this is one case that good enough really is good
0: enough. I really love that. The the change versus accept. I was just thinking I'm a terrible house cleaner. I'm going to put that in my accept category.
1: Totally. I exactly. hate doing it's it. Not, it it's, oh, girl, right now, especially with, with the quarantining and being home all the time, it is just. it's
0: fun. Yeah, it's never ending. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm with you. It's never ending. I don't know how we keep using all this laundry. We're not going anywhere.
0: <laughs> That's my thing. The food, the food for us. I'm like, guys, I just went shopping and you, you literally ate the whole box of like whatever it is or, you know, it's crazy. Oh. Unbelievable. Yep.
1: Yep. So then we move to the R and, and something I wrote about in my book called bursting with happiness is the fact that the more bursts of joy we can incorporate into our lives, the happier lives we have. That's just plain and simple. And so bursts of joy are those things that make you smile, that make you happy, that crack you up, that make your mind relax, that distract you from the negative and the stressful things going on in your life. And the reassess is a a step that requires you to challenge what you know about yourself. I'm sure that if I asked you, what are your bursts of joy? You would be able to rattle off a ton of things that make you happy and bring joy to your life. But reassess is all about considering the possibility that there are things out there that could bring you a burst of joy that you don't even know. And I'll give you an example. About 10 years ago, I was at a friend's house it was her birthday and I was hanging out on the couch and somebody put the football game on. It was an NFL game. And I've never been into the sport, never cared for it. Didn't even know the rules. What's it down? Oh, all right. How many do they get? I never even cared, but I'm eating the birthday cake that I got from her. And I'm sitting on the couch watching the excitement, watching the connection that the people in the room were having with each other and high fiving, and you know, oh, wow, great play. And watching the fans in the stands and watching the action. I think there was actually an interception, and, and it was just so cool. And I, I felt a little uh, peak of interest. And it occurred to me, is it possible that I could like football? And the next weekend, I went home, and the next weekend, there was a game on. Turned it on just to see, just to test it out a little bit. Holy smokes, I love it. I am all in. I haven't missed a game since. And if you would have told me that I could care about football, I would have called you crazy. But the fact is, we're not the same people we've always been. I'm not even the same person I was six months ago. And so it's so important to constantly challenge who we think we are and what we think will bring us joy. Now, it was a very low risk experience. I mean, I could have tried it the next weekend and sat, watched a game for 10 minutes and said, no, it must've been the booze and the food, (laughs) you know? That made me happy. But it was worth checking out and exploring further. And had I missed out on that, I would have missed out on a lot of fun over the years. It, it, It gives me a pep in my step when I wake up on a Monday, or a Thursday or a Sunday morning, knowing there's a game later that day. It makes me have something to look forward to. And again, it's insignificant. It's not you know, a meaningful thing necessarily, it's just something fun. So that's what the R is, reassessing the things about you that you think can bring you joy because there might be new things that you've never given
0: yourself an opportunity to try,
1: or at least recently.
0: Anything come to mind for you? I actually, yeah, I was just kind of thinking um, uh, not so much that, well, that might bring me joy, I guess. Like, lately, I've been really into follow, we like learning more about like history and religion and things like that. And it's like, I really enjoy doing research and like learning new things. And it's funny. Cause then I'll turn to my husband and be like, did you know this? Or did you know that? Or even like with politics or like this. And he's so into that stuff. He goes, I've been trying to talk to you about this stuff for years. And I'm like, well, I wasn't, I didn't like it then. Like, it's a like, now I like it. Now I'm interested in it.
1: Isn't that wild?
0: Yes. And he's and just that's like,
1: so cool. But you gave it a chance. You recognized that something piqued your interest and you explored it further rather than just pushing it down and blowing it off. And that's the key is to just be aware of what your body's telling you. I mean, if, if you get a sense of curiosity or even if you don't, even if you, know, you aren't given the opportunity to try something new, but if you intentionally try something new just for the sake of seeing if you could enjoy it. I do that with sushi every once in a while. Still don't like it. I still don't like it. I try it. I'm trying. And it's just not there for me. But, you know, I still am open to the possibility.
0: I love that. I love that so much, Lisa. It's, yeah, it's like you said, just being open to those new experiences. Because it's like I tell my kids. It's like, try that. You might love it. They're like, that looks gross. And I'm like, it's so good. Try it. You might love it. No. So you could apply that same philosophy to us.
1: (laughs) So much. So much. I have a friend who had the opportunity. I live in Colorado, and she had an opportunity to go skiing um, in the mountains. And you know, she went when she was a kid. She hated it. She didn't enjoy the cold. She wasn't good at it. And she said, "You know, I I, I think I'm going to tell him no." And I challenged her. I said, "But well, what if? What's the big deal? What if you you went? What's the worst that can happen aside from a broken bone? Let's say you go and you have a miserable time. All right, but at least now you know." And so she begrudgingly tried. She said, All right, I'm going to go. And if I have a bad time. It's your fault. And I was willing to take the blame. You know where this story's going, right, Christy? She loved it. And the reason she loved it was because of the breathtaking views of the mountains and the serenity that she experienced. When she was a kid, she could not appreciate that aspect of skiing. But now, as an adult, she appreciated the beauty and the tranquility and and just the the opportunity to do something on her own, quite frankly, without, you know, having to worry about others and the noise that surrounds her family. And she can't wait to go again. And I did not say, I told you so, I thought it a lot, but I knew it would be a good story to
0: share with you today. (laughs) I love that, I love that. And then I would love to hear, yes, what E stands for so
1: e is all e is all about embracing and so now that you know what brings you those bursts of joy you have to do it knowing what does it for you knowing what brings you those joys not enough you have to intentionally do whatever it is that brings you those bursts of joy so if it's listening to music if it's exercise if it's basket weaving if it's crocheting Puzzle whatever it is, you have to do it intentionally and create that time to do it and to not feel guilty about it. A lot of people I work with they say, "Well, what if my burst of joy is watching the latest episode of a show I'm streaming and binging on?" So, and they see that as a negative because it's not being quote productive. And I just slap back and I say, "Absolutely not. If that's what brings you a burst of joy, if that's what you're looking forward to during the day, then you watch that show." You enjoy it, you savor it, and you feel no guilt about that. It is a burst of joy. And then I encourage people to double down whenever they can. So if you enjoy singing, maybe when COVID is behind us, is there a choir you could join? Or if you enjoy running, maybe it's time to sign up for a 5K. My example of this is I'm a Barry Manilow fan. I love Barry Manilow more than anything. He brings me so much joy. And I discovered that for 10 years, for $10 a year, I can be a part of his fan club. I am an official fan of love. I doubled down. Once a month, I get an email from Barry telling me how much he loves me, which I know it's not from Barry. Let's be realistic. But I get the opportunity to buy cool Barry swag and merchandise and I know about his upcoming concerts. It's a silly thing. But it it brings me a tremendous amount of joy. And so that's kind of the idea behind embrace. Just whatever it takes,
0: you do you and you do it often. I love that. I was just thinking what popped into my head for me when you said that was just um, my cup of tea in the morning. I like to just kind of sit with it. And do nothing. And um, I I like that you said too, that you have to be okay, not let that guilt get to you for doing the thing that you enjoy. Because so often it's like, and I'm guilty of this, like 100% sitting down to again, like maybe read a book or watch a show or drink my tea. And I'm like, there's 9,000 things you should be doing. You haven't checked off your to do list. The dishes are in the sink. And it's just bombarding, you know, with all the things that we have to do. So I really like that you, that you mentioned that and bring that in and saying, it's okay for us to sit and just not do and just be and be in the joy and just be in something we love doing. So that's been a game changer for sure for me was, was realizing that I had to take that time for me, you know, to do those things, small things, big things, like it doesn't even matter, but you have to. Exactly. You have to.
1: You have to. And when you're a more joyful version of you, you can be more joyful with everyone in that you come in contact with family, friends, colleagues, associates, strangers. We, we owe it to them to be the happiest versions
0: of us we can be. I love that. I love that. So I would love to know, um, you've talked to us about your book. What other ways are you um, working with people? Do you do any one-to-one coaching or anything?
1: I do. So my website is thejoyseeker.com. And on there is information about coaching, certainly open. And I do have availability to have new clients join me. Um, There's also information there about speaking opportunities. I love speaking with groups, obviously virtually right now, um, but you know, I just, I adore sharing my message with others, inspiring them to find more joy, because joy is always there if we know where to find it and where to look for it. And it's not as hard as we think. We overthink it, and that's that's the problem. So I'm here to just remind people to find their joy, own their joy. There's also information there about my podcast. It's also called Bursting with Happiness. Um, I launched it a couple of months ago, and it has been Amazing. You can subscribe on iTunes, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Essentially, I talk about joy. I have guests on there who talk about their strategies for finding joy and how they've gotten through difficult times by focusing on the joyful moments through them. So it's it's just been an amazing journey to give people good news, positive energy, encouragement where they need it. And uh, I would love to connect with your listeners. Please reach
0: out. 100%. And do you want to let us know too, do you have any social media accounts that anybody can come find you on?
1: Yes. So um, on Insta, I'm at Lisa Demino White, D-I-M-I-N-O. Um, Facebook, Lisa D'Amino White. And I'm on the Twitter at the underscore joy underscore secret
0: perfect so everything will also be linked up in show notes so you'll be able to scroll straight down so that you are able to connect with lisa and go check out her book her podcast and everything else that she has over there to um help spread joy all over all over the place i just love it like you spread so much joy to me just in this interview just listening to your story and um, absolutely love your acronym. I'm a sucker for acronyms too, because um, it's an (laughs) easy way for me to remember things otherwise in one ear out the other. So that's, it's like a great strategy for me. So I I'm really loving it and I'm actually kind of excited to do my own um, kind of change versus accept list. Um, I kind of see, you know, where all my stuff ends up on there. I think my accepting one, like I said, house cleaning will be on the acceptance list.
1: Good. And that's where it should be. Absolutely. Absolutely, I'm managing my expectations. We've got dirty dishes downstairs as we speak, and I'm not sweating it. I'm not sweating it, Christy.
0: I love it. I know we. I still have unput away groceries and all over the counters, and I'm just like, "Ah, it'll it'll happen eventually. They'll probably eat it before I can even put it away.
1: (laughs) That is probably likely in your house. (laughs) I'm
0: just gonna leave it there. I love it. Yeah, it's totally, I love it. So I've just got to thank you. This has been really great. You've given us so much information. I absolutely love that acronym, like I say. Now, was there anything else that you um, kind of wanted to share or maybe a closing message that you wanted to leave us with before we um, close out our episode? I
1: appreciate that. You know, I, I love the opportunity to connect with people. And I just want your listeners to stop being so hard on themselves. You know it's 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 amazing how we go through life thinking we're supposed to be perfect at every aspect of life, and it's it's such crap. You know, if we try to excel at everything, we won't be able to excel at anything. And so, just relax. You know, acknowledge who you are, the challenges you have. We don't our children decide how to live our lives, and whatever challenges you're going through. It's okay. You change the ones, improve the ones that you want and let the rest
0: go. What a great message. I can attest 100% to that and totally agree with you, Lisa. So (laughs) so I have to say again, uh, thank you so, so much for being on today, for sharing with us. It has been a pleasure to have you on. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me today for the self project podcast. I hope that you were able to find something useful or inspirational to take away with you today. So come and connect with me over on Instagram. It's at underscore Christy Martin, and let me know what you want to hear more of. Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast and leave a review and I will see you next time.